during the production? I hear what that Chantel. She's just like, it's like, I know you're working, but real quick. Chantel making a breakfast burrito. Jesus. Oh. I was like, what is sizzling? <laughs> Man. Yeah, we don't even got to edit that out. Nah, keep that going. I work better with a little bit of sizzle in the background. <laughs> That's, my, That's my theme music. He's going to be laughing our asses off as the episode starts. Oh, <laughs> That's a perfect fucking start. Oh, shit. Oh, man. I'm going right. to hold the mic like Don yeah. Cornelius. He's going to shit like this just by the wire. So as a child, uh... Let's get loose. Let's take, do I'm it. Take the top on the bottom. Let's of the water. do it. it. Let's do it. Yeah, they having fun. I'm gonna drink freely. Yeah, like this is a new, this is a new type of drinking, a new type of fellowship. And let's get into it. Cheers. It's great. Salute, man. My brother. Thank you. Welcome everybody. Uh, this is the handcrafted podcast. I'm your host Cam, aka the coolest kid out. Cam rubbing his thigh like Gail King when he introduced <laughs> me. Boy, that, <laughs> if you can't. If you guys didn't know, I have a guest. <laughs> um, for, for folks who are here for the first time, um, let me first welcome you, uh, explain to you guys a little bit what Handcrafted is, is about. These are informational and inspirational conversations that I'm having with my friends about how they have not only built their craft, but how they've come to be who they are as people in the world. Um, these are conversations that I have with them regularly. So it's something that I felt was just important to bring to the world and to bring to light. And today I have uh, one of my nearest and dearest, uh, a big brother to me. I don't call many, many people my big brother or even it's big brother. Sensible. Like. It's sensible. You're <laughs> not um, one of these niggas calling somebody big brother and you just met them at the bus stop no, five minutes ago. I, I, I don't big bro people upon right. meeting them. You um, calling them big bro, they five months younger than you. <laughs> that's not your style, and I appreciate it. Thank, thank God that's not my style. I don't think we would have made it. Um, no, because I'm not five months younger than you. <laughs> from there, would have been a non-starter. But my, my good, good friend, my brother... Um, I call you the the influence to the influential. Um, just one of the smartest, one of the kindest people that that I've that I've had the fortune of knowing, uh, the fortune of calling a friend, one of the most giving people, most selfless people, uh, brother Jamal Jamal. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. I welcome. appreciate this. Yes, sir. This is, I'm excited for this. Congratulations on the launch. Thank you. Happy to. Uh, Talk about a few things. Thank Might you. tell a joke or two. I don't know. I got to see how I feel. Yeah, hopefully we can get through this without laughing the entire time. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> but Good I luck. know that's not. That's, that's no. It's that's not, not. It's not how we roll. I um, wrote some stuff on the ride. <laughs> I don't if you don't laugh, that means I failed it. When I'm no. But that means is, you, thank you for having me. I'm I'm excited to have this. Uh, just to talk to you. Period. Like, yes, sir. It's always it's always an insightful combo. So. Looking forward to seeing what's ahead. Yes, sir. I'm, and and like I said, I always I always learn from you. Anytime anytime we talk, whether it's in passing, it's a, it's a short you know ten minute phone call, it's a lunch. So um, I want to start where where I start usually with all my guests yeah. is we start at a very specific time and age in your life, um, which is seven years old. Wow. And we start at seven because, in my opinion, at least. What, in my life, seven was when I kind of started to know what the world was like, right? I had 
I had my relationship with my parents. I was I was going to school, so I had a relationship with I had friends. I had friends in my neighborhood. I had relationships with my teachers. I've, if you went to church, you had relationships with people in church. So you kind of started to know. You were watching TV. You know, you knew what what was happening on your block. You knew what was happening around you. Mm-hmm. So you started to really kind of know what things were about. Yeah. So seven year old Maul, take me there. Where is he? What is he doing? What is he into? What's life like for seven-year-old Maul? Uh, seven years old, um, I'm in... I got to clear my throat, and COVID make me afraid to, to clear my no, throat. No, we're going to normalize clearing throats and okay. coughing again. <laughs> Thank you. I'm like, damn, like, I'm about to speak. And I'm like, I got allergies. I was like, niggas don't look at me crazy. My post-nasal drip fucking up. Uh, it's normally winter where I'm from, but yeah. I'm in L.A., so it's different now, so... Um, so thank you for, for making me feel at home with yes. me in my throat. I feel we good. I feel natural again. Hold on, let me take a sip of water. I'm feeling <laughs> loose. Uh, seven year old mom. Um, I'm in Far Rockaway mm-hmm. uh, Elementary School. Really getting my first true introduction to the dynamics of like the the in, initial introduction to the, to the dynamics of peer groups mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um far rockaway in the 80s not the safest place right. uh for for kids uh not the safest place period mm-hmm. uh so as a young fat kid you know there are you learn early on that the company you keep, mm-hmm. but also the way that you carry yourself. I feel like I learned that lesson fairly. Uh, I got deep glimpses into it early mm-hmm. in life mm-hmm. just because, you know, it was, I caught the bus at Bay Towers right. across the street from Beach Channel High School, right. though I was royalty there. Junior mm-hmm. high school is right down the block. 180 mm-hmm. is, you know, a few blocks away. Right. And you still get those kids who, who are dickhead twelve year olds yeah. and have no problem bothering seven and eight year olds mm-hmm. uh, who are who are waiting for the bus. So just understanding that, just kind of understanding the way that you speak to people, mm-hmm. the way that you kind of it was it informed humor early on, mm-hmm. it informed it just because you know where to get your where to get your spots, like mm-hmm. where to get your joints off. It informed. Uh, Fight style, right? Because <laughs> you know, you you pick and choose, uh, you pepper in. Yeah. Um. So just uh, a lot of awareness. Yep. A, a very early understanding of being aware of surroundings, mm-hmm. being outside of I think what kids are normally taught. Mm-hmm. I, I'd, I'd like to think, and, and from what I've experienced mm-hmm. since, that was a very early between my sister. Uh, who's you know, 13 years my senior mm-hmm. letting me know and like what she'd experienced, what she saw and kind yep. of taking me under her wing in that way. And my mother, who was a teacher yep. at B Channel, mm-hmm. uh, letting me know and just kind of keeping me informed. Uh, I, I was always made to be very aware, using mm-hmm. my intelligence, using my savvy and really cultivating and building them from, from a fairly early time. Yeah. So that... That's one of the, I feel like that's one of the advantages of, of growing up in, in New York, right? Like mm-hmm. you, 
you you are or maybe someone see it as a disadvantage where you're you're forced to kind of be keen and be aware early you're not you have to be aware of your surroundings at all times Absolutely. you have to you have to just you know like you have to always be looking peeking around the corner like seeing yeah. you know noticing everybody that's in the room so that's you painted a picture of Far Rockaway um, for those of our viewers who don't know, Far Rockaway is in Queens, New York. Far Rockaway is a very different part of Queens, New York. Yes, it is. So yes. I want to talk a little more about like your block in your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? Are you on a block with housing or is I'm are you in Bay Towers, two mm-hmm. buildings that sit right on Beach 100th Street? Um, a couple of blocks from the train station, mm-hmm. right off the parkway, across the street from the high school, next to a gas station. Hmm. Like it looked, it looked like Metropolis <laughs> to everybody but Superman. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Like so, it was. It was. It was his community, mm-hmm. and you know, like there was there was everything in the midst of those, like in those two buildings, you mm-hmm. had. It was life yeah. as as I knew it, you know, and there were all of these dynamics. There was my sister, the bully, mm-hmm. who's, you know, all of my sister it was maybe five foot one, mm-hmm. might have been, might have been soaking wet in Tim's on with a cinder block <laughs> tied around her neck. She may have been 47 pounds. And but she was she's a bully. scrappy as a motherfucker. She just didn't take shit yeah. because she did have she had that chip on her shoulder. So yeah. like I was, I got it early. Was mm-hmm. like this is how you like you. This is how you regard and respect people, and yep. when they don't, this is what you do. Yep. Um. But so it was okay, and like had kind of her friends because she was in good with like she went to the high school across mm-hmm. the street. She went mm-hmm. to junior high nearby. Um. But that was the world, man. Yeah. It was it was our building. The, the building across the way, like knew some of the people mm-hmm. would go over there. But that shit, uh, going to the building across the way was like living in Brooklyn and dating somebody in Harlem. Like, yeah. That was a long That distance. was a trek. Yeah. Like, you know, going to go outside across the playground and yeah. go, no, nah, like, well, we meet in the playground. We right. meet by the sphere. Or, like, <laughs> that's it. Like, I, I might see you around. Yeah. Like, um, Playland was around mm, then. Playland. So it felt, like, it felt like the world, you know, from the beach mm-hmm. to to the harbor, you know, really yeah. from the beach to the other side of Beach Channel. That was that was the world. Yeah. And sometimes you got into a car and explored a little bit more, but mm-hmm. everything was kind of in that cluster and it was home and it was amazing. Yeah. So it's like this you have this area, right? It's like the wonderful world of Far Rock where it's it's small in in a sense, right? In the grand scheme of of the world it's small, but you have everything that you would ever need as Absolutely. a kid there. I want to talk. It was a small, more. and then it felt like it felt even smaller still because mm-hmm. this is just like Bay Towers and like maybe two or three blocks in yeah. either direction yeah. at best. Yeah. And three, it's only three blocks in three directions really because mm-hmm. there's water on the other right. side um, and the beach to, mm-hmm. to the other side. So, but even outside of that, like my aunt lived in base and she's mm-hmm. in Woodmere. So, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. there's still like, uh, pardon me, Edgemere. Um, but there, so there's still like, there's still the world of Rockaway mm-hmm. outside of of our, your world in yeah. Rockaway. Yeah. And so, in this world, right? What what are you into? Like, what what's 
like what what music are you listening to? Uh, I I know you you like sports, but like what sports are you into? Like what what's kind of like the environment? Like what is your what does your room look like? My toys everywhere. Okay. Uh, toy every the absolute picture of spoiled when <laughs> you have a sister who has a job, so she mm-hmm. makes sure you're good. I know that life. Your mother. A, Absolutely, <laughs> and, and my mother adores me to no small end, and mm-hmm. my grades are good, and she's an educator, and mm-hmm. that's kind of the currency. It's like, hey, yep. you're doing what you're supposed to do. You're not being a bad kid. Your grades are good. Yep, you are in the 99th percentile. You know, Have go it. shopping. You know, like yep. where there's an opportunity to, yep. you go shopping. You get a little something nice for yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the neatest kid by mm-hmm. any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. Um, these summers where. I was sent off to camp mm-hmm. uh, would be the summers where my room finally got clean. <laughs> and then within minutes of coming home, uh, I absolutely decimated the good work that was done. Yeah. Uh, sorry, mom and Joel. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sure that's not the first time you've apologized to them. Oh, no, yeah. I, I, I do it frequently. I, I still, every, Roomba's for everybody to apologize <laughs> for my transgressions. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, the, I had, I saw the universe and and I saw all that was magical about it mm-hmm. through my two closest attachments. Mm-hmm. So through my mother and mm-hmm. my sister. My sister, I mean, to this day, my mm-hmm. sister is still the coolest person that I've ever known mm-hmm. in my life. And as a kid, like, she was as cool as it was. Like, yeah. You know, she's... She has her crew. She's yep. hanging out. Like I, I know, like I, like I've experienced the extension of having more older brothers and sisters mm-hmm. because of her. So like mm-hmm. I do, I have these figures around me, and like you know, it's, you get to hang out with the big kids. Yep. It's like on weekends, you get to troop to Roosevelt Field Mall. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you go to the bus station across from the main library yep. in Jamaica and then yep. take the bus from there. And Like, I, I got, I had the world, or felt like, and I did, really, yeah. I had the world at my fingertips just by virtue of my sister who was purposeful about yeah. taking me under her wing and about yeah. showing me that. Um, so that was, my room was He-Man. Mm. It was... It was all the toys. Transformers. Oh God, I yeah. was a Voltron guy. Yeah, I did do the same. Transformers, so I had I had some of the. But I was Voltron, Voltron. all day, um, and you know was able to get the things because hype beasts weren't a thing, right? And they weren't reselling grades, Voltron yet, right? Okay, they would resell Voltron place. today. Oh God, if I had the toys <laughs> that I had today, this wouldn't be. You would be having this conversation with a hologram. Yeah, right? I wouldn't if be I able I to had, afford you. Oh yeah, my if gosh. I had this conversation, I would have sent. I, there would have been a lookalike. I would have sent one of my. You'd be sitting here with a ninety-five-year-old Dominican dude <laughs> who uh, who only answers to the name Omal. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, I was yeah. I, I mean, I, I saw I was blessed. Yeah. Not because of the things, blessed because of the love that was yep. poured into me. Yep. Um, and on the counter side of blessed, because I don't think the two were explored enough, I was spoiled as shit. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I had, I was one of the few kids that had, you know, you had a couple of pairs of kicks. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't just the outdoor kicks. Mm-hmm. Like, I would switch them up. Like, and it was, and I went to summer camp. And yeah. I did all of the, um, I did, I did all of the activities. Mm-hmm. And... 
never really took into account, like there were trips to Disney, mm-hmm. like trips mm-hmm. to Disney where like you stay at a Disney resort mm-hmm. and you take the monorail around right? and you do the shit where when I went on a family vacation to Disney a couple of years ago, I spent conservatively the next eight months looking at my credit card statement. Yep. Like, oh. Yep. This is what you were doing? And you would yeah. take it. And my mother would take me and my sister would be granted. My sister's a bit older, but yep. she would take my cousin. Like, she would yep. take, like, she was she was taking field trips there. And I was yeah. like, oh, on an educator salary. Yeah. So you, you, I became very aware later in life of the efforts of, my heroes, yep. not realizing that they were my heroes or the reasons why they were my heroes, because I really had access to it all. I yep. did I did sleepaway camp. Mm. I went to camp one year and was only going to go for... I went one year for two weeks. That mm-hmm. was my first year going. Mm-hmm. Came back. How old are you? Uh, when My first time going to camp, I was nine. Okay. Um, and I'm sorry, I was eight. Okay. Eight the first time I went to camp. Uh, came back, same clothes, mm-hmm. orange teeth, mm. orange furry teeth. <laughs> um, sorry, not the same clothes because I was wearing uh, patchwork rainbow uh, swim trunks. Yep. I posted the picture and a baseball jacket. Yep, I've seen that picture. Orange furry teeth. And I came back from camp. That was all I had left. Yeah. I had a fucking ball. Yeah. And my mom was like, all right, good. You enjoyed yourself. Man. Like, hosed me down. Uh, <laughs> and, and we got back to life. And sent me back the next year. Yep. Again, like, couldn't have been, it wasn't the most expensive camp, but it's still yeah. fucking summer camp. Right. There are supplies. And... I was to go for I was gonna go for a session and a half next year. So I was mm-hmm. there for three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um called and it's like, hey, like, can I stay? Mm-hmm. She's like, we'll figure it out. Yep. I go, I go about and play. Uh I come I get a call, I go to the office, I'm okay to stay for the summer. Hmm. No idea how it happens. Hmm. They come up to visit. They drop off a trunk of clothes. They take me shopping. Mm. I get a super soaker. Like, we do all the things. And, again, you know, no no real understanding in the moment of mm-hmm. the heroics. But looking mm-hmm. back, and I'm just like, huh, okay. So you're bathed in love yeah. from... I was, I was the baby. I was, yeah. I was the baby, and I was treated as such. Yeah. Um, and I never fucked the bag up. Like right. I, I waited you, did, I, you didn't. You didn't mess that up until I waited, you got... Yeah, not until I was older. Yeah. I waited until I... Yeah, I waited until later in life to fuck the bag up. Yeah. Uh, and, and then recover it. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I was, I was... I was covered. I was taken care of. I was loved and poured into. Still am. Yeah. Still am, but I was, I was also spoiled as all shit. Yeah. And that's so that's so big to because if you told your story to to someone, they would say, oh, you you came from humble beginnings, but you had absolutely everything that you needed and then some. So like Mm -hmm. just having having that support system has played a huge role in 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 who you who you be who you've come to be, you know, as, as Jamal and as a man. And so as you're you're getting all this love from mom, from your sister you're taking care of business in school. Mm-hmm. You're doing what you need to do. So to, to your point, you're, you're, not, you're not messing the bag up. High school comes around. Mm-hmm. What changes from 
early childhood, middle school, elementary to high school, if anything? Uh, I can't say anything changed necessarily. I was, no, that's not fair. Entitlement came in. Okay. And I felt like I was deserving of what I became more aware of Mm -hmm. the shit that I was doing Mm -hmm. and why I deserved. Yep. And that's where, so there was no more humility around it. Mm. There was no more surprise around it. There was expectation. Expectation. And the understanding that it came easy, mm-hmm. knowing that I was becoming more acutely aware of my mm-hmm. intelligence mm-hmm. and my abilities, and knowing that I didn't have to study mm-hmm. to go and ace a test, mm-hmm. uh, but attendance is still a part of right. a grade. Right. You know, homework right. is still a part of a grade. Right. So kind of checking all the boxes, um, checking all the boxes in terms of like performance, mm-hmm. but not checking any of the boxes in terms of accountability. Yep. That's what began to happen. And, you know, I just began tricking off the dope. Like yeah. I was I was in Hunter, was mm-hmm. doing, you know, started off doing well and then like realized that I could slack and would just have to go to Stuyvesant in summer school, mm-hmm. which was a cakewalk. Mm-hmm. It like a cakewalk, especially compared to the rigorous course load at Hunter. At Hunter. Right. And I was like, all right, fuck it. This can I can get by. And I began trying to I began trying to outsmart the system, which is right. the absolute downfall of anyone who fancies themselves intelligent. Yep. Uh, if you outsmart the system without first finding a way to make the system work for, for you, you, then you are doomed for failure. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I, I experienced really for the first time, um, I experienced what felt like failure. And what did that do to you? Um, made me deathly afraid of my mother. Um, <laughs> to, be, to be quite honest, like you know, getting getting kicked out of Hunter. Yep, and you know. Like seeing, seeing the hurt that mm-hmm. that caused, mm-hmm. seeing the the disappointment, not knowing that prior, mm-hmm. like not kind of knowing that feeling. Because you had never really her. encountered that from her. No, the the worst that happened was me throwing a tantrum about not being able to get a toy because she was tired. Yeah, like she she was exhausted. She worked long hours. She yeah. did after school programs. She did like she taught college now. She was. Mm-hmm mentoring and chaperoning college tours mm. and she was still teaching. Mm. I had a report card that was perfect. It was the report card was semi perfect. It mm-hmm. was 98 as opposed to 100. Right. Like there was literally one A minus mm. in the midst of it. And I was like, "All right, cool. I did this. Mm-hmm. Where's my reward?" Mhm. The expectation <laughs> That entitlement. Yep. Not realizing that everything that you've gotten up until now has been a a absolute blessing. Yeah. And you should appreciate and regard it as such. Yeah. Um. Mm. So yeah, I Mm. that kind of that crept in, and so that wasn't that wasn't disappointment though. Mm -hmm. That was you know, you're being a selfish kid. Yeah. Actually seeing disappointment and knowing that I squandered an opportunity. Um, and in that moment, you can't really see past squandering that opportunity. Right. You just know, like, that is your, that's your brick wall. Right. And there is no seeing past it. It's just this insurmountable obstacle. Right. And you have to find some way. Right. And, you know, in, in the way that few entities are faithful 
as God yep. and as a mother's love. Yep. She, she's like, all right, so here's what we're going to do. She's like, you're not going to go to another high school because if you got bored at Hunter and yeah. you didn't do what, like, if you were, if you had rooms to fuck around at Hunter, you are going to find room to become an arch criminal anywhere else right. because you're going to have nothing but time because you're going to be bored senseless. It's like, you'll get your GED, mm-hmm. you'll go to college. And so hmm. this is 16, hmm. sorry, this is 15 going into 16. Hmm. I, wow. um, yeah, I get my GED. And I am, oh no, 16, sorry. Uh, I get my GED and mm-hmm. I'm college bound. And in, so in that process, your mother had, she, she knew, obviously your mother knew you better than anyone, but she had the foresight to know that you would just be wasting your time going back to a high school. And, and you would, you, there was potential for you to go down other paths that weren't. She, going to lead you to to being a productive member of society. I think she saw a lot of what happened in the kids at her school. She saw what Mm -hmm. happened at after-school programs where she taught. I saw what happened in after-school programs where I'd worked. Right. You know, I was working on, while I was at Hunter, you know, I would Mm -hmm. just go across town. Not go across town. It's not really across town, but I would go to 120th and 1st. Yep. To the school over there uh, and work at the El Faro Beacon after school Mm -hmm. and saw, like, you know, you see older kids and you see yep. you kind of like you're you're made acutely aware of yep. what what privilege has shown you and it's either right. privilege by way of what I a great deal of what I was given but yep. also a great deal of what I knew and and what I was capable of right. had offered me right. this and offered me kind of this this room to mm-hmm. to operate and to kind of exist outside of traditional constraints. Hmm. And my mom knew that, you know, in those, in any sort of traditional system or in any sort of system where, you know, I didn't have, I couldn't go off campus for lunch. Yeah. Or where I couldn't determine my own schedule. Yeah. Or I couldn't choose an elective in high school. Yeah. Like. It wasn't going to hold you. She knew it was a recipe for disaster. Yeah. So. So. Shout out to mom. Which she'll be getting all the oh, shout outs in, this, in this episode. No, she, Phenomenal she, woman. I I'm couldn't be more grateful yeah. for her. So we you you have your GED. Mm-hmm. You're sixteen years old. Mm-hmm. Um so you've cleared your your first hurdle, right? Like you have your first major failure in life, which was getting kicked out of Hunter. You still you managed to finish school, but now you're a 16-year-old about to go to college. Uh-huh. What school do you pick and why? I didn't pick. My mom picked okay. uh, Nassau Community College okay. because they were the one school that would accept a 16-year-old that late in the game. Got it. And she's just like, if you go... It was like going to... It was like playing at a prep program. Mm-hmm. So that went out. Mm. And so went... Uh, past everything, realize that when you're 16 on a college campus, they don't ask a ton of questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a lot of, and still community college, but college campus all the same. Yep. Uh, so spent way more time hanging out and getting a job and getting money and mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's not COVID. And <laughs> <clears throat> promise it's not COVID. Um, getting money and like 
getting fresh and, you know, realizing that, oh, I can get by with, you know, doing mm -hmm. this, but not fully understand, not, I mean, fully understanding, but maybe not giving much credence to the fact that there's an absence threshold. Yep. Um, so there mm. comes failure number two. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this time my sister uh, pulled into the chat. Okay. And she, because now money has been wasted. It's not yeah. just an opportunity now. Yeah. It's now you've thrown away your mother's money. Yeah. And here's where you will not have the room to fuck up again. Mm -hmm. Because if you upset our mother, I will hunt you down like a nigga in the street. Yeah. And that's um, not what you want. Nah, you listen when a killer speaks. Yeah. You know, like you, you yeah. absolutely listen when a killer speaks. And she, like, I, I couldn't help. Like, it came from the most honest and loving place. And I'm so grateful for it. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was, you know, I was fucking up. Yeah. I was, this is now, this was strike two. Mm -hmm. And they were, like, they're not two, like, minor strikes. Yeah. Like, I didn't go down looking. Yeah. This was strike two, and I stepped to the other side of the plate, mm -hmm. swung, and hit the umpire in the face with the <laughs> bat, and then just laughed and yeah. stood. Like, it was yeah. an egregious yeah. strike two. Yeah. Um, Especially with such a concentration in the household on education. Education was the one thing. That mm -hmm. was always my... It's like, yeah, it's great that you're brilliant. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, be a genius. Mm -hmm. But if the schoolwork doesn't match up, right. and I didn't get that in elementary school because right. elementary school was like, I was, I was there. Yep. I did everything like yep. I, I, like everything happened the way it was supposed to. Yep. It didn't happen early on in Hunter because I was there. I was doing what I was supposed to. It came on eventually, and that should have been the wake up call. Mm -hmm. You know, in hindsight, it's very mm -hmm. easy to say. It's right. like, oh yeah, well I. I could have done better then. Right. Um, and I didn't. And, you know, it was... So they were two very large, noticeable, ugly strikes that mm -hmm. felt like they should have gotten me completely out. Should have ended you. Yeah. yeah. But they didn't. Because there's something about the... It's, it's just mothers. Yeah. It, mothers, it, the, the way that a black woman will pour into you. Mm -hmm. It's just that that heroism. Mm -hmm. And I don't take any second of it for granted. Yeah. So it should have been the end. Um, but no, it was just two strikes, as it were. Two strikes. You you absolutely did not want a third. Hell no. So to this day I'm still afraid of getting that. <laughs> so you, you haven't hit the third yet? I've I've toyed with a third. So you, you, I've I've teased a third. Okay. I should have had a third. Okay. The thing is, I didn't strike out in the same fashion. So Got it, it hasn't been. I haven't educationally struck out. Got it. Education. I did what I was supposed to do from then on. So um, went to Old Westbury, transferred yep. to Pace. Yep. Uh, grad school at NYU. Like I did what I was supposed to do. Made mm -hmm. sure that she never had to touch pocket again. Mm -hmm. Like. Um, after Old Westbury, part of me, make yep. sure she never had to touch pocket again. Yep. Um, so I did what I was supposed to do from yep. then on. So educationally, never did it. Um, briefly, at Old Westbury, mm -hmm. there was, I worked at Sears. <laughs> uh, I worked at Sears when the first PlayStation came out. And I tried to get a PlayStation mm -hmm. without necessarily paying for a PlayStation. Yep. And that didn't go accordingly. Yep. Uh, Usually doesn't. Yeah, and that is why I am not a master criminal because 
I failed miserably. Yeah. And that was strike one in that vein. But that was as good as an out because I never had to. I have not. I haven't so much as ordered CDs from Columbia House since then. <laughs> I refuse. I refuse. Uh, I didn't start buying weed until I was in LA and it was legal. Yep. I've, I've kept it. I've been so down the line. Yep. Uh, I once miswrote the last number of my social security number. By accident. Uh, corrected it instantly. Yep. Uh, yep. On my tax forms, yep. I, I wanted no problems. Yeah, um, just because there's always life is not lived without some semblance of healthy fear. Yep. Early on in Hunter, I had a moment where I'm feeling myself. Yep. I'm away from home. Mm-hmm. I'm like I'm I'm like I'm going. I'm in school in the city. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm doing like this is me. This is free. Can't nobody. I'm an mm-hmm. adult. I'll mm-hmm. curse at you if I want to. I'll, right. I'll do not at a teacher, but like I'll curse at a student if I want yeah. to. Like this is me. I'm on this block. Um, I, there's a word that I don't use. There's there's a word that anyone will tell you that they've never heard me use, and it's the B word. Mm-hmm. I don't use it. It's mm-hmm. just not, it's just not in my vocabulary for a very specific reason. Mm-hmm. I was in the hallway. At Hunter in seventh grade, and I'm sorry, this is eighth grade, pardon mm-hmm. me. And I said to the who knows what was happening? Mm-hmm. I don't know, probably two 13 year olds being 13 year olds, mm-hmm. and one of them, me, being an absolute dickhead. Yeah. I was like, oh, whatever. And you use mm-hmm. the B word. My sister's 13 years older than me. Mm-hmm. So she's 26 at the time. She walks around the corner. <laughs> She just happened the, to be there. On the third floor of <laughs> Hunter College High School. She walks around the corner. Yeah. And she looks at me. And she says, does mom know you use that language? <laughs> now, my first thought, I didn't say it because I don't have a death wish. Yeah. Where the fuck did you come from? <laughs> my sister was living in Harlem yep. with her then boyfriend, her now husband, um, she came to drop off money for me mm. because my mother realized that I didn't have lunch money that day. <laughs> and so... Yeah, that's how the Lord works, though. She comes to bring me. She's like, yeah, Mom wanted me to bring you some money, so I, I here you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I never use the word again, you can't hear me use it again. Yeah. And so... Uh, yeah, so there's always, there is this healthy fear. That probably should have been a healthy fear when I wasn't going to class or when I was trying to steal a PlayStation. Right. Um, but it wasn't, and these things are, you know, instilled in us by whatever mm-hmm. methods. And, and methods thankfully, and they are recipe. with me now. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm not without my angels uh, keeping watch at yeah. constant. I'm not without an understanding that it is not just me that I am out here for mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. always the knowledge that my name has it has my mother's prayers on it yeah. my name mm-hmm. has my sister's blood on it like mm-hmm. I am not carrying on for just me mm-hmm. I have nieces and nephews mm-hmm. I have family and everything that we do is it's a cornerstone of reputation absolutely and reputation is a cornerstone of legacy and it is a cornerstone of success and at no point can i bring any of those into i can't put them in jeopardy because i have and i've damn near struck out doing it Mm -hmm. um and it's just not something that i can 
I can't afford to do it again mm-hmm. just because I couldn't afford that disappointment for people who, without them, I wouldn't be here. There's no you. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you, said, you said a lot, but you, you said something as, as far as like, lot, Karen, it's, it's fine. I, I want you to talk a lot. Okay. I appreciate <laughs> it. But you Told said. It's a safe place. <laughs> yeah. It was the safest place. <laughs> um, you, you just said, you know, how, how your name carries how your reputation carries, um, and you know you, you carry your family with you. And at some point in your road to manhood, you start making a name for yourself. Mm-hmm. Did that start in college, or was it post-college? Um, the work is incremental. Mm-hmm. It, so it happens, it starts after I get out of my own way mm-hmm. in middle school okay. and starts to come into some sort of, of semblance of being a human being in mm-hmm. high school, mm-hmm. um, in college. And, and it was the realization uh, through through therapy and just a, a lot of just kind of discovery of self was that I was so concerned with the cool mm-hmm. because the, or let's not call it cool because cool is a, a, a lofty expectation to put on oneself. I was more concerned with the personality end of it yep. because the intelligence end of it always felt so firmly in tune. Right. Um, so you felt like you had to play catch up with the yeah, other Yeah, so I, I yep. would overexert, I would do, and that's where that's where the awkwardness, that's where mm-hmm. me yelling down the hallway mm-hmm. to a uh, uh, young lady uh, in a derogatory fashion comes mm-hmm. about at mm-hmm. the age of 12, 13. Mm-hmm. Um, so 13, because mm-hmm. I was in eighth grade. Um, so that's where it's like, it's that showing out and yep. trying to be, you know, trying to be something other than who you were. Right. Um, I begin to settle in, uh, certainly ninth grade JV basketball, hanging, mm-hmm. like finding my core group in Hunter. Yep. Um, with, uh, you know, Brian, who's still a very, very close friend to mm-hmm. this day, um, finding home there, finding, mm-hmm. you know, really settling into what my community was, whether it was through theater or mm-hmm. sport or band and really kind of getting that baseline, mm-hmm. um, helped to help those initial understandings of mm-hmm. who I was mm-hmm. uh, further down the line um, having those friends having kind of like that core friend group mm-hmm. uh, with Brian with Adrian who is the mother of my twin nephews yes um, beautiful nephews they are grown fucking men and it frightens me which is crazy no I think I, I think our nephews are around the same age <clears throat> they are yeah they Brady's eight yep. I think your nephews are like eight or nine yeah <clears throat> crazy. So oh no the, the onesie champ is Seven going on eight. Yeah, so him and him and Aiden my nephew Austin Brady are, are the same age. Yeah, yep. Aiden and Austin are teenagers almost. Yes, those. That's yes. fucking frightening. Um, I've watched them grow up too. Yeah. <laughs> that's, see, anybody who's who's seen my IG page, I've, yeah. I've had people. I had somebody send me a DM, be like, "Hey, so," and and I know her. She mm-hmm. was EP on the show I was on. Mm-hmm. It's like, "Hey, so I just saw your nephews on a field trip." They're being super good. I didn't want to creep, but like I kept an eye out. And, they're, and I was like, you know what? On one hand, amazing. Yes. But on the other hand, I can't imagine who else might have seen, like who just sees yep. from my page, be like, oh, I know those kids. Yep. You know, 
there's always sort of the worry that you're just putting your Ex- your loved ones exposing them to a world of danger. That's why my sister don't send me pictures until they've they've I been posted it. already because yeah, she knows it's going up. Filter and I don't post with locations. Yeah, for that very reason you're not yeah. gonna pull up on one of my uh, mostly just for my conscience because everybody in my family carries that shit. Uh, so that'd be more than be on you. Now it's my fault that you got gunned down because I made sure you was putting the jackpot. I baited you, knowing that you was gonna show up and do something stupid. My bad. Um, but but uh, so so from from JV on, it, it kind of it was it was incremental and yep. and at different spots with different interactions with different friendships and with different understandings with mm-hmm. family. Mm-hmm. I began to pick up pieces uh, of who what I eventually become. Mm-hmm. Um, so just. Understanding kindness, mm-hmm. understanding charity, understanding mm-hmm. that no matter what you have, that mm-hmm. it's always possible to do for someone mm-hmm. else. Spirituality mm-hmm. being a part of that, uh, and community yeah. you know, being a part of it. Those that kind of brick by brick at various stops in life, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm truly blessed mm-hmm. because I've been at no shortage for those moments of enrichment that have helped to build up. Yeah, that that kind of understanding yeah. and that awareness. Yeah, and that's that's huge. And you um, you're not short on intelligence. You're not short on you know passions, things that you actually like now. Mm-hmm. How do you then kind of hone in on what it is you want to do professionally? Or do you not? Does it just kind of fall into your lap? Is it something that you just wake up one day and say, Avoidance. I want to do this? Avoidance. Avoidance. Okay. Um, I, after college, didn't know what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. I, I like was, everyone. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I was so, and I had an idea of what I wanted to do. I had an idea of what I was supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, when you come from... When your background is a bit more humble financially, mm-hmm. uh, when you grow up poor, mm-hmm. you have an understanding of what these things are supposed to be that you take on. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Rockaway. I saw a policeman. I saw firefighters. Yep. I wasn't doing either one of those. Yep. Because uh, of and, and taking nothing away from policemen and firefighters, right. but you know, a certain intelligence quotient that right. you know affords you to think differently and, and instills different schools of thought within you. Mm-hmm. Um, again, nothing from, I, I respect those, those groups mm-hmm. and have friends in those groups, but that wasn't what I was steered towards. Right. It was from early on, oh, Jamal's good at math. You could be a doctor. You yeah. could, like, you're so good with words. You could be a lawyer. Yep. And so that was the early, uh, that was kind of the early understanding. So once I got back on track educationally, mm-hmm. I thought it was law school. I, okay. I thought it was law school. I, Took my LSATs, bodied mm-hmm. my LSATs, yep. and um, that's the thing. Like, if once I figured out the showing up to class thing, mm. everything else fell apart. <laughs> as far as fucking tests, <laughs> I am the standardized test don. Yeah, like I am. I am phenomenal. I am fifteen fifty on the SATs mm. and one seventy six on the LSATs. Like, I am that standardized test. Uh, and so I thought it was going to be law school. Yeah, uh, ended up taking. I, I really I. I backed into grad school. I really wow. stumbled into it in the most astonishing way. I was like, oh, well, 
I still love music. Yeah. I don't want to. This is coming fresh off of economics and marketing in undergrad. I was like, I still yeah. love music. Maybe there is still something there. Uh, I'm in. I'm still going to under open mics. I'm still yep. like exploring my musical loves, and you know, still there may be hope for rap out there just because yep. I win. You know, freestyle competitions, three hundred dollars at a time. Yeah. I was like, oh, there's a future here. There's. Um, not in that way, at least. Which uh, is, I don't think many people know that you rap. Yeah, it's probably better that way. <laughs> I just, it's just better. That I don't way. think like, I knew that until like three or four years into our friendship. Yeah, it's one of those rap. things where it's not like. Yeah, I'm not you didn't lead with that. Nigga. Yeah, I, I'm not. What I'm going to hand you my fucking demo? Nah, I mean, like, hey like, man, it, good to meet you. Check this flash drive. There's three tracks on it. You're really gonna love this one, but the third one got kind of like an R and B feel to it. If you had um, some fire, you could have slid that at the bar. If I had I, some fire. If you, okay, so you didn't have no fire. No, I had fire. Okay, that's the thing. Okay. I had fire. It All just right. wasn't. You know, it wasn't. Of course, it was fire. It, it wasn't good enough I'm to hand to me. I got you. And you hear my voice. I'm gonna rap right now. I won't. Um, <laughs> but no, it's not something I lead with because it's you know it's, it's, you never want to be that guy. And I yeah. like working at labels. I ended up seeing guys like that. Like yeah, man, it's just like you know it's crazy that you know you like I get what you're saying about that marketing plan, but yeah. it's like more if it was something like this and a nigga start bobbing his head like Rain Man. I'm like no, you're not gonna like we're talking about business. What yeah. you're not gonna do is rap right now. Like nah, because I would have done it different. Like nah, I get right. I get it, man. We got the Jeezy album, but nah, here's what I would have done with yeah. it. And niggas always want instrumental packs. <laughs> And I'm working in promo, so they come to me for <laughs> instrumental CDs. And I was like, all right, nigga, go take your demo back to the mailroom. Right. Um, go back to 47th and 7th. Yeah, seven. please. <laughs> right, this has nothing to do with me. Uh, there's somebody in front of Foot Locker who will buy your CD, but sell it to them for five because they're not going to want to make change anyway. And it make no sense to get your four singles back. Yeah. Um, Oh, we didn't talk about that on camera, so it didn't even connect that way. Now, so it, it, we'll, if y'all we'll, we'll had the behind the scenes, that we'll would have been crazy. That would have been phenomenal. It's a great story. <laughs> uh, so no, people didn't know I rap, and yep. I. Um, so I'm still doing, and I'm kind of I'm in the artist community. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm working with artists. I have an understanding of business. Mm-hmm. I have an understanding a an understanding of design, mm-hmm. and so I begin working with talent, essentially as a management stopgap. So kind of okay. understanding how to interface with someone at a venue to collect money for a show, understanding mm-hmm. like the bits and pieces, like knowing kind of the finer points. And I was that liaison. Like mm-hmm. I was the, like I was close enough because I was respected as artist. Uh, but then with conversation, they understood that like, oh, there's also this the, intelligence the and business the, side to the, it. Yep. The wit and the rhythm, uh, the impeccable wit and rhythm. Mm. Like, no, like really phenomenal. Like, yeah. Like sixty four bars of fire, which, um, <laughs> and so I, I just began. I began working with artists, yep. um, and was doing that while I was taking. Uh, initially, got introduced while I was taking summer classes at NYU, okay. and it was just, it was just to explore music more. It was right. just like maybe there's still something here. Like it's it's low risk. Mm-hmm. Let me take it. Let me give it a shot. Managed to. I connected with a few members of faculty was introduced to a dean mm-hmm. and was asked, like, would you be interested in pursuing a graduate program? If there was some way to make it work, would you mm-hmm. be interested in pursuing a graduate program? Um, so went in through the School of Individualized Study, mm-hmm. uh, eventually matriculated through uh, after my first semester mm-hmm. to the St- School of Education mm-hmm. and got my MA in music business. Wow. Um, all the while still 
going to open mics, still at Sin Sin doing Freestyle Mondays, yep. still doing Freestyle Pyramid, still like around artists and uh, still picking up kind of those bits and pieces of practical sensibilities. Right. So not necessarily working in an internship uh, because niggas are broke. Right, and, need money. Um, I'd rather get credits in the classroom and right. figure out the way that I'm going to get to my payday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, just just worked and advised and got paid straight cash. Uh, started picking up design as MySpace became more of a thing, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, started putting glitter graphics in niggas' headers and pushing the top div down eighty five pixels yeah. and helping them put music players up there and kind of doing all the practical stuff. Um, so you were Virgil before Virgil. Oh, one hundred percent. Okay, one hundred percent. Okay. Um, I, I was like, I was punching holes in my sneakers. I was doing all kinds of stuff. <laughs> <Punching shit>. holes. <laughs> um, there's one time I put uh, I put paint splatters on a sweatshirt because mm. um, I was trying to paint the door in my room. Okay. Um, and that shit was some fly design shit. And I just feel like the nigga bit me. We'll Mesquine bitch your shit. We, we're, not, we're going to talk Got about it. that one okay. time. It's a different podcast. Okay. That's not what we're here yeah. for. Um, Intellectual properties. Niggas owe me money. Um, <laughs> <laughs> still not COVID, just laughing. <laughs> still not COVID, just laughing. Just laughing. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, so so um, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm meeting people. Mm-hmm. I'm... Still, I'm working practically not on any large scale, and I get brought in-house. Well, no, first, I take on a role. I go to a temp agency Mm -hmm. because I only understand getting in the building. Right, right. So I go to a temp agency, and I get a a gig at Universal Music Group, Mm. and it's admin services. Okay. And this is, I was the dude who, I sat at a desk. Made sure that your photo was taken for your ID. So mm-hmm. I have a temp ID. Wow. I have a paper ID. Doesn't have my picture on it. Yeah. Um, I gotta show it with three other forms of ID and I gotta lift my sack when I come into security. But <laughs> I'm taking everybody else's picture. Yeah. So that they can Taking be it in the building. staff and yeah, and I'm yeah, like, yeah. oh, I can take my own ID picture. Um And is the universal building at this point it's still on Broadway? This is this is on eighth. Eighth. Yeah, this is on uh this is Worldwide Plaza. Yep, yep. Um so I'm there. I'm in the same building as Def Jam. Brian is at Def Jam mm-hmm. at the time. So I would go and I would see my friend like, yep. during, and I would take lunches and I would I wouldn't stay by the desk and it rubbed them the wrong way because I'm making friends. I'm meeting. I'm being me. Right. I am picking up. I am ex- exhibiting the social graces that I'd gathered through uh, a tumultuous stretch of right. being a dickhead kid right. who eventually you know came back into his own and learned how to speak to people and connect on a human level. Yep. So I'm speaking to people. I'm connecting with the ADR staff. I'm mm-hmm. connecting with the label staff. I'm meeting folks. I'm going to kick it with Brian for a little bit during yep. the day. I'm roaming the halls. Mm-hmm. I'm talking to Jeff Dixon at DTP. Mm-hmm. Like I'm connecting in a mm-hmm. meaningful way with mm-hmm. folks. And that didn't sit well. Uh, with the with the woman who oversaw my position, she mm-hmm. was white and hated. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and yeah, so I was eventually let go. Okay, uh, I was asked. Sorry, my my uh, assignment wasn't renewed. Got it. Um, and at that point, I was the longest tenured. Just for just for kind of scope, I mm-hmm. was there for a couple of months, and okay. the longest anybody been able to stay was two pay periods. So two. 
two week stretch. Yeah, so let's say the screening was probably exhausting. Yeah, alone. It, it was so. I got asked to leave, and mm-hmm. or that didn't get asked to come back. I was mm-hmm. like, all right, fuck it. Yeah. Um, a couple of weeks later, I'm back in the building. Mm. Brian asked me, he's like, yo, what are you doing? Like, do you want to come in? Knowing that I knew new media, knowing that I knew that I was doing MySpace page, that I took to things quickly. Yeah. He brings me in to work in the new media department. Now, what year is this? This is 2005. So this is 2005 Def Jam. 2005 Def Jam. So Sean Carter is the president. I was going to say, Sean Carter is the president. Uh-huh. There's Young Jeezy. Uh-huh. There's Rick Ross. Rick Ross was there. Um, Shakira Stewart, like Shake. Shakira there, Stewart. Like there's. So it's like this all-star, not only roster of artists, undeniable, but you also have. Mariah Carey, Bon Jovi. Jesus Christ. Yeah, no, it was it was undeniable. So you walk into that, and you you obviously you walk in there as yourself, as this person with immense social skills, a ton of business skills. Was any of that initially intimidating to you? <sighs> yes. Um, what part of it was intimidating? All of it, okay. all of it. It felt like there was zero room. There was no room for any strikes. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. everything had to be a base hit at minimum. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it felt like it should be a home run because all I ever saw were home runs. runs. Yep. From the outside looking in, before being in the building, all I ever knew was that oh, this sailed clear out the park. Yep. Everything that they do is four hundred fifty feet and better. Yep. Um, so that was intimidating. Just kind mm-hmm. of not knowing if my standard of excellence would scale. Mm. Uh, thankfully it did. Yeah. And and I was, you know, it's from digital campaigns mm-hmm. with Rihanna, with Mariah, mm-hmm. like overseeing the messaging for Island Pop and mm-hmm. Island Rock and being that like doing the marketing communication for yeah. the level like do it for the label, pardon me. Uh, and being that kind of being the voice mm. and being the personification of that and knowing the reach of that, mm-hmm. um, it, it goes away quickly. Like the jitters go away the moment that you have to perform. Right. And so right. thankfully I, performance kicked in and the jitters kind of faded away mm-hmm. and I had... I had zero worries about being myself mm-hmm. at any point and it was just me and it yeah. like was whether it was joking with staff and the whole like not like I would go and I would be me loudly at every single mm-hmm. turn um, not loud in obnoxious fashion but loud in a fashion where like I'm not going to shield this right because in I had done too much mm-hmm. to that point and too much had been poured into me mm-hmm for me to downplay right. who I was or how I was. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I, it was intimidating initially just because there was a, there's a standard of excellence. Yep. And I quickly realized that my standard of excellence was on par with that one. Right. And, yeah. and because that, that does translate, right, the, the standard of excellence, but it only translates because of something that you mentioned earlier, which is the incremental work, right? right. And when you put 
when you just continue to put theoretically one foot in front of the other, put your head down and do the work, it's not going to bother people that you're showing up as you and that you're being yourself in those right. rooms. So, right. and then and in to that point, the standard of excellence translates. So you you fit in in this building while standing out, and you're so you're working on the biggest artists in the world. We're all on that label at that time. You're working on some of those artists' biggest projects yep. to this day. Yep. Walk me a little bit into those rooms, and we don't have to mention any particular project or any particular artist, mm -hmm. but what was the process like for you when it was album time? Because when it's album time for one of the bigger artists, everything in the building pretty much stops. Well, I got to, I'm, for as much as I, I wasn't a fan of it initially, because no one likes to feel like they're struggling mm -hmm. financially, and I wanted the prestige, and I always, I had like... You wanted the T&E? I wanted the T&E, and I had the Kanye thing. I was like, damn, yep. these niggas that much better than me? Yeah. Like, I, I knew that I could hang and knew, but like, there's work that has to be done. Mm -hmm. And so like, you're not, you don't get the positioning that others get, which... Now I couldn't be more grateful right. for the way that my trajectory carried me. Right. I, it was 100% for my benefit. Mm -hmm. um, when it came time for those projects, it was, there was no room to falter. Mm -hmm. You know, like it, it had to, it was all for your idea. It was not best idea. I mean, it was best idea wins, yep. but it had to be best idea presented. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't, shit was blood sport. Right. Like if you didn't offer something that was immediate, like if you didn't say something that stuck yeah. or if you didn't present in a way that felt like it carried mm -hmm. or felt like it had some stickiness to it, mm -hmm. you were dead in the water. Mm. Especially where like your, your, Kind of your personal presentation, like who you right. are, how you present, and right. and what's associated with you, carries just as much as, if not more than, your professional presentation, because yep. your professional presentation is attached to yep. the way that that personal presents. Uh, so it was, yeah, the the intimidation went away because I didn't have the there was no bandwidth to fail. I didn't right. allow myself that bandwidth to, or I couldn't allow myself that bandwidth to falter because right. I was, I was afraid yeah. of what that, like I, I didn't have another strike. To right. Make. So I, you didn't want to see the other side of that. Yeah. 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 So you're, you're navigating through, um, through Def Jam um, you're, you're, as they would say, you're getting your chops up. You're, you're building your resume. You're, again, working biggest artists, their biggest projects. You eventually leave Def Jam. Mm -hmm. What was your mindset when that happened? I know that I can do the work. It's time for me to make my name. I needed to make a splash. I needed to be, I needed to have prestige associated because mm -hmm. that felt like the next step mm -hmm. that would allow for me to take the work that I had done, the work that I was capable of doing. Right. And 
wielded in rooms that were large enough and lucrative enough mm -hmm. for me to begin building what would be my fortune. Yep. So building... That's what I thought. That was the, that was your mindset. Yeah, that that was, may not be what would have happened. The, the best laid plans of mice and men often go awry. So that's that's what the intention was. Yep. Yeah. And so you wanted to essentially I need get, to make my name. Make your name, mm -hmm. get what you were worth. Mm -hmm. And that lands you where? As uh, general manager for Nick Cannon's Incredible Entertainment. And while while so while you're there, you have you have Wildin' Out, you have his electronic products, you have everything that is the brand of of Nick, mm -hmm. and now you have a lot more, if you will, power. You have mm -hmm. a lot more control. You're you're one of the key decision makers. I'm closer to the steering wheel. You're closer to the steering wheel. Yeah. So you you have the ability now to drive a brand in the way that you see fit. Mm -hmm. How was that for you coming from where you came from with the, with the machine that was Def Jam to now it, it's kind of, you're closer to the steering wheel. Mm -hmm. You're also, you're closer to the fire. So if something doesn't go a certain way, it's easy to come straight to you. 100%. So how do you, how does that work for you? And how does that feel? Um, it felt, it was nerve-wracking. Yeah. It, it was nerve-wracking, but it also wasn't a challenge that I felt unprepared for. Mm -hmm. um, it was a challenge that I was ready for. My move to work with Nick came from a place, initially it came from a place understanding that financially this would be such a decided step up. Mm -hmm. The expectation was that financially it'd be a decided step up. And in terms of awareness, mm -hmm. this now puts me uniquely in line with having a title, yep. with being positioned, and with having the optics mm -hmm. of being this, of being a power player. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was one, it, like it was, because I, I knew that I was doing the work at Def Jam. Yep. I knew that the I mean from Teen Island mm -hmm. to research to A and R research right. like to new media that's you know working backwards from my last post to my first, mm -hmm. I had done the work. Right. I had risen, I had gotten attention, I had been tapped, I'd, I'd been in conversation, I'd been called mm -hmm. to LA's office. Like right. I, I'd spoken to where I was like I'd I'd interface I'd conversed with Jay like mm -hmm. I, I you know like I was in these rooms mm -hmm. having these discussions mm -hmm. and contributing in a way that felt meaningful mm -hmm. and had I had my praises sung like right. I saw the effects of my work and so I my move to Nick was understanding that this would come with the prestige yep. or at least the visibility that would bring prestige to mm -hmm. the work that I was capable of mm -hmm. um, and it did I, you know, taking mm -hmm. you know, for for better or for worse, it mm -hmm. absolutely did. There mm -hmm. was, I was, I've done things. I've been featured on a, I've been a feature in a television show, right? Like, and for a full season, you know, right. like I've I've been. I didn't get paid for it. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> um, this is not in syndication though, so we're good. Yeah. Uh, but if it was, 
at least my subscription service would have to be free. Yeah. Um, I, I learned production. I got to mm-hmm. be a part of creating and launching a television show right. and produce and write and do all the pieces for a show that still exists on the network. Right. You know, so I got to like lay that groundwork mm-hmm. and do that and get to a place where now the the prestige can match the work. Right. Um still that that third piece, the the financial piece mm-hmm. of it. Maybe the the money doesn't always That's match, right. but I had a headphone brand that was in stores nationwide. Yeah. Uh in airports, like yeah. it's. You know, I had those headphones, incredible. You no know, pun. I, like, <laughs> but you know, being a part of that, like yep. bringing that deal to the table, understanding yep. that deal structure, it was each of my first two corporate stops in their own way have very much been like boot camp. Yep. Because for better or for worse, they show you how to operate. Right. They show you how to exist and conduct. They showed me how to exist and conduct in business. They showed me what the ins and outs were, how to do, what to look out for, what the pitfalls were, when to say yes, when to say no, when you breathe in, when Mm -hmm. you don't, when you go under the wire, when you go over. They were 100% boot camp, and each moment was invaluable. For for any of them, that might have been an absolute headache or might have felt like they were worse in the moment yep. than they were ultimately. Yep. There is not a single thing that I would change about, yep. uh, you know, change the money. Um, right. But who would, you know? Right. But like, there's nothing about the experience that I would ever change. Right. And that's, that's something um, that I've always admired about you is your, just your perspective on things and like what you, like, because we, we would speak in, in these times when you were when you were doing what you were doing, but you you know you you obviously you had wanted other things and you would you would move on, and we, we talk about growth a lot here, but some of those spaces you were simply outgrowing for whatever reason, whether it be for the financial piece, whether it be for you know the responsibilities, the prestige, like everywhere you were, you in my in my humble opinion you kind of outgrew it. Appreciate that. But when you were able to look back you were always able to look back fondly and positively Absolutely. of all the times. And, and something else that I think um, that I, I, I want to speak to is just when you were there or when, wherever you were, you were always about bringing your people with you uh-huh. and build. And you, you, you talk about it all the time. Like you're nothing without your people. You bring And when you were there, when you were, when you were at, at, at um, with Nick and at incredible, you had this team of people who, I went. I say would work with you. They helped you to create all these things, and they loved you and cherished you. How important was that piece for you? That is the piece. That is that's the, the that's piece. the whole. That's the puzzle. Like yeah. if you're not, if at any point you feel like your work is just for you, then you've completely lost sight of what the work is about. Mm-hmm. There is none of us who labors alone. Yeah no matter what the pursuit. Yeah. And I feel like the very moment that you feel like it's just you is mm-hmm. the very moment that you begin to lose touch and mm-hmm. it's the very moment that that downfall begins. Yeah. So it's it's always been it's been an indelible piece of yeah. every like having I mean first off just from an accountability standpoint. Right. Um so that ability to do my best work that mm-hmm. ability to 
conduct in the best way possible. Right. That that ability to just to know that if it's not the best, it'll be called on. And in looking back, I realize that's always been a unifying. That's been a theme throughout my life. Like yep. that is the unifying thread yep. throughout my entire existence. Yep. Whether it's my mother with education, mm-hmm. whether it's my sister with how you speak to people. Like mm-hmm. there has always been this this blessing mm-hmm. of accountability mm-hmm. and knowing that at no moment can that be allowed to falter. Right. And it's so important um, the accountability piece with with yourself, obviously, and, and, and how you carry yourself, but also with, with those people and, and at, these, at these places you've been, right? Because more important than any work you do is who you are, right? And, and, how, you, and how you make people feel. And you've, you've been a master at everywhere you've been, every, every room you've been in is just making people feel like somebody, right? Like you said, like we, we, we spoke about off air, like you'll talk to anybody, right? You'll give anybody advice. You'll guard your access and things of that nature, but you'll always give people advice. And I, I attribute that to just like you said, your experiences of boot camp, where it's like they taught you what to do and what not to do, how to move, when to say yes, when to, when to say no. So now you're much deeper into your career. Uh-huh. You you've been to a couple of different companies, a couple of different brands, but now I feel like you're, you're finally in that position of power, prestige. You get whatever you want financially. You're calling, you're, you're calling the shots where you're going. Mm-hmm. First, first part of that question is, how does, does it feel like that to you? It, in moments, it Mm -hmm. does. There are always going to be, there's always going to be, I can't call them old habits, there's always going to be uh, structural understandings Mm -hmm. where you just, like it just kicks in. Mm -hmm. Like Chappelle had this joke about like every time you do a crime there's an old black man that hops out. Oh no nigga don't Don't do that. that. That's five to ten. You know like there's always going to be that kind of that I'll always have that 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 just that little bell Mm -hmm. um, that'll keep me from doing things like spending a thousand dollars on a PS5. Mm -hmm. You You did that? I didn't. No. I didn't. I I was approached with that person. I was going to judge you. Uh, no, I was like, oh, a thousand dollars, nigga, absolutely. But then yeah. I'm still the same. I'll only buy tuna fish when it's on sale, right? You know what I mean? Like, I, right. so there is, there will always kind of be these these understandings um, of just like of just best practice. Yep. You know, I, it's not like I mean, I'm not cheap, but I know the value of a dollar. Yep. I know that everything is temporary mm-hmm. unless guarded against properly. Mm-hmm. I know market behavior. Mm-hmm. I I know I've been. At rock bottom, mm-hmm. I've I've used my debit card as a credit card in an LIRR mm-hmm. vending machine, mm-hmm. so that I could get home, understanding that if I just made it through these few days, mm-hmm. that another check would hit, and mm-hmm. I'd be able to, you know, at least tread water for a little bit longer. Yeah. So, and and I've been in places where opportunity has been pulled from me right. unceremoniously. Right. Um, so I'm always aware that there's 
there's always a fall mm-hmm. on the other side. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's never in how you're pushed to that fall. Mm-hmm. It's always in how you prepare for that fall. Mm. And so mm. I can tap dance on the edge mm-hmm. or I can walk gracefully and gingerly with an awareness that there is a fall, right. not, work, not fearfully, right. but can conduct and carry myself in a way that I know the ledge, but don't let it be my undoing. Mm-hmm. Man. Man. So, <laughs> it's just, just always kind of keep the presence that, you know, as good as things are, or keep the presence of mind that as good yeah. as things are, um, fucked up is right there. Yeah. You know, and, and that goes for all things. That's yeah. professional, that's personal, yeah. that's financial. Absolutely. Like as good, as great as things are. Yeah. You know. It's you're you're a day to away. To be Bobby Brown then, you gotta, gotta be, be Bobby, Bobby Brown now. now. And my my dad would always would always say that um when we were growing up, is like, yo, you're a day away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Either like you're you're a day away from, from your dreams, you're a day away from sleeping on the street you're a day away from an athlete you're a day away from a career-ending injury mm-hmm. you're a day away from the biggest opportunity of your life and that's if you keep that perspective that you're always a day away it'll allow you to not only like you said move move gingerly and know that that fall is coming but also to be present Absolutely. in everything that you do and you and that's that's something that you you excel at as well is Thank just you. being present in in every every moment every conversation and it's something that brings me to ask you in all that you've done and everywhere that you've been everyone that you've worked with everyone that you've done great things with what are you most proud of i have to pick one thing um it doesn't have to be Anything like super specific? Oh, man, you're host, total heart, total heart line. So yeah, you can. One thing. So it's just one thing. Make it um, one thing, one thing. There we go. One thing. Peace. One thing. Just, just because you you got the yellow on, don't I mean you got to be as kind as a man in the yellow hat. <laughs> I'm saying, curious George, you put your fucking fist down. One thing, nigga. No. Um. My mom doesn't have to worry, man. Hmm. And and that's like that's it. it's like that's not lost on me that yeah. she's like there's there's pride and it's outside yep. of seeing me in any outside of any press yep. right up like in the times that I've been blessed to have been in any of the trades yep. me being on TV like it's not that it's not the typical. Or the usual, mm-hmm. L- look at my baby doing good mm-hmm, pride. It's mm-hmm. like she knows, like, outside of a diploma on the mm-hmm. wall, my mom knows that, and it's, sorry, that's that's my everything. Yeah. And, and, like, the fact that she, she doesn't have to worry. Like, she doesn't yeah. have to take me by a group home yep. and, and say, like, if you keep messing up, this is where I'm going to have to drop you off. Yep. You know, she doesn't have to, she doesn't have to bail me out because right. I try to, I try to scam a PlayStation at my right. job. Right. You know, like she 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 doesn't have to worry. She knows that our conversations now are and, and they have been for, for years, but mm-hmm. they're they're so light and they're light in terms of just like the love yep. and, and illuminated. Not yep. light in terms of like there's always gonna be those heavy moments, yep. but it's um 
she doesn't have to worry. And my sister doesn't have to threaten me, thankfully. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. it's 1A and 1B. Um, mm. But yeah, she's, she's like, I, I visit and I'm home and mm. it's like, she still she still does the things mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I don't I, I I don't brag because that's not who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could like I could confidently quote Jay Z lyrics right now. Like yep. I'm doing that well financially. Yeah. But no, like I like I was home. Uh, I was home recently in yep. COVID, and like having not seen family, having moved out west, mm-hmm. um, you know, fam- family is that's me. That's right. my backbone. So right. being, and we we go out, and it's like, oh yeah, well, like let's go out to eat. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. Like yes, here's my card. Absolutely, it's, it's paid for. Yeah. Um, now some of those times they were expensed. Right. Um, <laughs> T and E. Gotta be me. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the CFO. Uh, <laughs> I was going to do that. I've always felt like Zach Morris just talking to the other one. Yeah, <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's the best thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, like she and she she like hits me on the side. She's like, so hey, like, is everything like? Are you still like? Are you good? Like, yeah. Are you taking care of? I was like, yeah, yeah. like I'm straight. Like I'm 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 good. I'm straight. Like mom. I'm I'm good. Like yeah. I let her when I got. Uh, she always knows about my offers. Yep. So I've I've been blessed to have taken some jumps with my last few posts. Yeah. Um my last few professional posts. And like I'll send it. My mom, mm-hmm. my sister, that's my brain trust. Right. And then it goes to my attorney, it yep. goes to my accountant. Like it, it goes to everybody else. Like yep. with when like the negotiating and the push happens. But like when I get that first like initial offer, mm-hmm. it goes to my mom and my sister. Mm. It's it's that's right amazing. on our group thread, which, you know, I'm sure. It'd be grounds for me getting sued. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> they can't access my phone. Who gives a fuck? Um, yeah, not yet. No, yeah, not no. until you get the vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> not until they put the chip I'll in you. I'll cough right now. What the fuck you? <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, but like even like even knowing that I'm doing well, yeah. like knowing that um, I'm, she knows where I've been. Yep. And she know. And I, even when I was there, I wouldn't I wouldn't lean or ask right. for help just because like that wasn't. It didn't feel right, right? Um, and I, I would rather I would rather struggle than remove anyone else from their comfort. Yeah. And so, like, she yeah, she's like, hey, so, like, are you like your? I was like, oh, mom, straight. I'm good. Like, straight. I was like, I was like, oh, what this this little five hundred dollar weekend? Yeah. It's, it's Please, okay. I check my balance Please. the whole time. I still don't spend five hundred dollars easily. That's just not me. Yeah. Um, but you know, still niggerish. So I walk around with a couple hundred for a dice game. Yeah, it's me. Balance. Balance. You know, the, you know the value of a dollar. <laughs> I do, uh, and I also know the appreciation of other people's. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no. Like really, like knowing that she had to tell them jokes to get them tears off me. Yeah. Um, no, I'm, I'm crying with you. Uh-huh. I got one right here. I've, it's because it's it's just so beautiful to because I I feel that and um, you know, just knowing. All that, and like you, you, you landed out earlier with all that she did for your childhood, and all that she did to to get you to those points, mm-hmm. and to know that you're now affording her peace. Yeah, you know that that is huge. Like that's more invaluable. Any like it's more I, valuable than a house. And I ask about all the things. I'm yeah. like, what what would make? And like, if you want it. You got. That's why Christmas is so tough because like mm-hmm. gift giving happens year round. Yep. Like I'll send a case of sneakers yep. to my nephews and my brother in law, yep. um, and like if you want it, and it can happen, 
it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, so like it's, but knowing that that's there, that that mm-hmm. just like her Facebook page, mm-hmm. she's like look at my son, like mm-hmm. look at what he's, and it's just like, mm-hmm. and even like, and now it's like she, it's, it's a mother's pride, and and it's yeah. just like it's it and it shines through like with my health journey with every mm-hmm. part like she's just like mm-hmm. it's hers like yeah. any any bit of success i have is 100% in no it, with mincing no words it yeah. is directly attributed to Juanita and Joel it is yeah. my sister it is my mother it is why they are right here yeah. it is my one visible tattoo so mm-hmm. that you know if i'm wearing like no matter what i always see, see it you know, like if I'm in a meeting, it's mm-hmm. right there. Like mm-hmm. that is that those are instead of wearing my angels on my shoulder, I wear them oh, on my yes. hand and they're my earthbound angel. And I, I see at every given moment I am aware of yeah. their presence, of their sacrifice, and I am acutely aware of their ease and their ability, yeah. just them knowing that they did good, you know, mm-hmm. like they, they, their work, like mm-hmm. it's their, there's proof in their concept. Yeah, it's done well. What they've, you know, like it's done well. So that is without question the single handedly, the one thing that I'm proudest of is knowing that they are proud of me and that they are comfortable and in a terrific place yeah. with where I am. That is, that is incredible. And, emotional to 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 even you know to even receive and to be for me to be a witness you know third party of your your love for your family and your love for your mother and your sister and how you guys just interact it's beautiful to watch and you know so i can only imagine for you like just the beauty in in partaking in that you know daily and then to see all that you've, all that you've not only done, but all that you've overcome and all that you, like your journey isn't, is nowhere near done, but just the amount of things that you've been able to persevere through, bounce back from, go through, like we talk about your health journey all the time and just how inspiring that is. Like when I, when, when you just up in one day said, I'm done drinking. And it was, you were so, you were so sure about it. There there was no, there was no waffling. There wasn't, and, and as your friends, we, we would feel, you know, we would feel like, like dummies even trying to like, yo, let me buy you a shot because you were just that firm. And like, you've been, it was just so inspiring to watch. And like you, you, you touched on it and I wanted to, I didn't want to go this entire time and not speak about Mm -hmm. those just those intentional, deliberate changes you've made in your life. So for people who don't know, you work out like a maniac. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. You, Guilty. Not like a maniac so much anymore, uh, just because gyms aren't a thing. Well, COVID, um, but... But yeah, but I it did start out with, uh, just because I realized that, and and this came from... I think this was something that was kind of came about early on Mm -hmm. in not doing the work, Mm -hmm. whether it was with school or any like being able to coast, Mm -hmm. understanding that I had to be just that intentional about the work that I was doing in order for real change to happen. Yep. 
and that's why they're drinking cold turkey. Why? Like, because I was, I was, and I'm sorry, I was, I was a dick about it a lot. Jamal, let's get a shot. No, no, I'm not fucking drinking. Yeah. The first time that I did no carb, I would be in a cigar lounge yep. with a plate of chicken and salad with no dressing, mm-hmm. and it was it was judgmental. It was a little bit dicky, a little mm-hmm. bit. I'm, you know, there's there's still that part of me. I was raised mm-hmm. Baptist. Sorry, mm-hmm. guilt is what I do. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it it was. I realized that I had to, and it was more about being stern with myself, and so yep. there was just like kind of like those, you know. There's collateral damage with yeah. that, and people get kind of that sternness. Yeah. As really, and now I've, you know, plenty of fun. Yeah. Now. I drink water straight from the bottle. Yeah. Um, I, so you've never, you've never been more fun, and you've never I been, that, you've never you. been more of a joy to be around appreciate than that, you are now. And you know, like I said, even like me witnessing that as someone who who's fought on that hill a lot and struggled with 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 that a lot. It was just so motivational for me to see someone make that decision, stand firm in that decision, not not be peer pressured, not waver. And what it showed me was just a man who was choosing himself over and over again, you know, over the good time, over the acceptance, over, you know, the peer pressure. You were just continuing to choose yourself. And even like if there were times with dieting or working out when you when you would you would acknowledge oh I fell off for this time but I'm back and I'm I'm doing these things yeah. and I'm this challenge, this challenge and that. And it was just it's I don't think I've ever told you this in person, but it, for me it's just been so so inspiring to to watch you do that. And as someone who as I as I'm continuing my walk trying to choose myself over and over again, depending whatever that whatever that looks like. It's just been something to watch. So thank you for for being a beacon as always, I um, that, man. Thank you. you know, like I said, we 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 joke twenty five hours a day, eight days a week, but just the appreciation that I have for you and, and our relationship it goes to astronomical levels as as just someone that I, I look to in that realm. So I wanted to tell you, thank you, bro. thank you thank for you, sure bro. on that, man. And uh, I'm out of questions. Okay. Um, I, I have one left. Um, You're not out of questions. No, I got one question left. Should have. Yeah, I have one question left. See, <laughs> train me. See, this is this is this is the media training I be Look needed. At that. See, Look see I, I'm once or twice, man. I, once or twice, I get something every time. See, I'm holding the mic like a professional. I'm holding this shit. I look like a young black Nick Cannon with this mic in my head. Oh, so the last question that we do, um, and this is this is random, but not. Um, nothing that I, I say is random, but this is just something that like gives me... It's random to them. It's, it's random to everyone is, yeah. here, and it gives me just a little more of a, a like a telescope into your psyche. Okay. Favorite TV character of all time, and why? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> they don't ever ask the difficult question first. That no, is... No, last one. Damn. Can I... My mom. I can, can I ask <laughs> no, that no, one you, again? you can't your mom this <laughs> one. <laughs> um... Shit, favorite TV character of all time. Any genre. Why? Any genre. Any genre. Oh, Earl from Dinosaurs. Mm. The father from Dinosaurs. Mm. Um.
No, no, wait. Shit. I'm, this, this one it, got me To make you feel, up. it stumps everyone. No one has come out and Al answered Bundy. it cleanly. That's valid. Al Bundy. Um, I, I think he and Earl exist there. I feel like they are one side of the same coin. Yep. Um, just maybe one is a bit more polished mm-hmm. than the other. Uh, and I think it's because Earl is that more polished coin, mm-hmm. only because he didn't have the human element to him mm-hmm. or the full human element. So I'm going to say Al Bundy. Um, there was this complexity of character for Al mm-hmm. that was never given its full just do. It's very easy to tear apart and to pick at him living in the past. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to tear apart and pick at his shortcomings. Excuse me, still not COVID. As a man, I was a burp though. Uh, that was a CMOS protein shit. Uh, in case y'all wondering, anybody keep a score at home? Uh, there was there there was much made about his shortcomings yep. or his perceived shortcomings yep. because he didn't have as much money as Marcy mm-hmm. or he wasn't as handsome as her kept men husbands mm-hmm. um, or or as young and vibrant as her kept men or didn't have like yep. the seemingly endless endless allowance, but he poured into his family mm-hmm. and he poured into his family. At every turn, bar none, and that love looked different depending on the day. Yep. Which, weirdly enough, and I've delved into way, not way too much. I've delved into a good a good amount of television discussion mm-hmm. uh, in the midst of pandemic uh, mm-hmm. between these tears and everything yep. else. There is there's been a lot of character discovery because I am a nerd about everything. Just yep. about so I've, I've gotten deep into it. There is a there is this complexity of character about Al where he he's fiercely dedicated. Yep. He not once stepped out on his wife, right. though he had all the reason to. Right. He only ever loved and protected his kids, even though they were selfish imbeciles. Yep. Uh he was good to his dog, mm-hmm. even though his dog fucking hated him. Mm-hmm. You know, like he he was mm-hmm. he he worked diligently at a job that did not honor him uh but he took pride in it Mm -hmm. and every so often he he liked to reminisce on a time where he was on top of the world okay where you know like four touchdowns in the game is actually a phenomenal feat i would Uh, still tell that story too like a motherfucker and i'd put the jack y'all lucky that i wear just the jock strap and a cleat with one high sock (laughs) when i told the story you know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I make, I make people put on pads. I'm like, everybody yeah. dress up like a lineman. We gonna so I can show y'all this again. You know, like <laughs> all he ever wanted was he wanted his club just because mm-hmm. he wanted to connect with people. Mm-hmm. And even then, he didn't do it. That was more born of his frustration. No mm-hmm. man was his frustration mm-hmm. with the woman in his life who didn't afford him mm-hmm. the unconditional and uh, unbridled love yep. that he afforded them. Yep. So. Al Bundy. Uh, Al Bundy. And I know, you know, there's some black Israelites out there that's going to get mad at me for, <laughs> for choosing a white man. Uh, but I don't spend that much time by the E train at Parsons and Archer anymore. So you good. You niggas can't get me. You're good. Uh, and I'm not in Harlem trying to get my Yeah, you don't ever still, go to so, 125th, yeah. so you're no, good. So y'all are good. No, I do. I do go to 125th. Okay. I, uh, I don't go often. Mm. At this rate, I'm going to 125th about an average of uh, once every four years. Yeah. 
Well, you know, there's Red Lobster up there now. In a lot. Oh, we did that one. Oh, we did Red Lobster so dirty when they. <laughs> Unlimited lobster when that motherfucker. The lobster feast when that shit. Yeah. First, oh, we oh, did that. Foul. That was incredible. Oh, that was um, incredible. I was I was in there uh, in a terrible cardigan. This was during my cardigan with V neck phase. Don't you dare cut that camera off. About to get. Nah, this oh, is the best part. This is, it was my cardigan and V neck phase, and I had one sleeve rolled up. Uh, and I was in there with a lobster bib, and the lobster reader was out, and all we had to pay for was drinks. And I just caught a lick because I had just done my expenses. So I had $200 in American cash, mm. and the Cheddar Bay biscuits were free-flowing. And we were in there. <laughs> it was me. It you was You painting Cam. that picture. We was in there. It was, oh, God. We were in there. Our homegirl who did was just like, hey, so I've got this client and this red lobster. And I said, I'll do it. Yep. Didn't even know what it red was. Red lobster. Couldn't you had, you had me a red lobster. Been, it could have been a Tuskegee experiment. And damn it, we would have got the vaccine yeah. that night because I never pulled up to Harlem so fast. I and you was, don't, and people, you didn't come to Harlem like that back then. No, I didn't. I, I was I bald think, by that point. I, yeah. When I, I went to Harlem heavy in college when yep. I was getting my hair braided, and then my hairline. Betrayed the icky shuffle right away. <laughs> so like, fuck I'm gonna go back. Like I'm, not, I'm gonna go back to relive those memories. To the scene nah, of the nigga, crime. I'm not, nah, I'm not. I don't need. Uh, being in Harlem, standing right by St. Nick Ave, uh, by the one two five bar, uh-huh. smoking a Newport, just pointing at hair braiding places with Africans standing out, like sick you know about it. There? No, I'm not. I'm not fucking my going back for, but I went back for that lobster feast uh, and and tipped uh, thirty dollars. That's how good Handsomely. I was feeling, and I even took a cab back to Penn Station. You're feeling glorious. Oh man. <laughs> Nah, you just took me back. The lobster. <laughs> it, was, it was, it was a time. That was a time. Was a time. They time. definitely got to put the vaccine in the Cheddar Bay, man. That's the only way. If they did, I would never cough again in my life. Never, never. We'd be able to get through an episode. Yeah, one hundred percent. We wouldn't because the Cheddar Bay. I'd, I'd have, the Cheddar Bay. Have I'd have butter stains on my shorts <laughs> and uh, <laughs> little cheese crystals in my jewelry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there's one more thing. I know I said Please. one look more. Look at you. Wow. Yeah, there's one more thing. Oh, look at the surprise guy. Need, we just need... This is, this is, all right, third to last question. How Let's we get tie, into it. This is how we tie it all together. <laughs> all right, over here. So we, we, we've journeyed through your life. Um, you, you've painted quite the picture for us. And last thing I, I, I need for you to do as Jamal sits here today... You get to go back and visit seven-year-old Jamal. Uh. What's one thing that you would tell him with all of your experience, all the walls, all the strikes, what's the one thing you would tell seven-year-old Jamal now as he comes back from sleepaway camp? Gratitude is a real thing. And you might not feel like it's like you, you will have your moments, you will go through your selfish spells, mm-hmm. but take a step outside of yourself and realize just how blessed you are hmm. to have no shortage of people, mm-hmm. aunts, uncles, mother, like you are rich with people who pour into you at constant. Mm. And 
it's not going. I mean, how long I got with me? Because I would lecture this nigga until he was seventeen. <laughs> um, but at, at no point uh, is at no point is any of this to your detriment. Yep. It is always for the betterment of you and for the best of you. Amazing. Understand that, appreciate it, and be kind about it. Mm. And things yeah. are going to be okay. Yeah. Great advice for 37-year-olds. Great, great advice. It's, it's advice that I lean on at, at Constant. Yeah. At 39, it is. Yeah. It's advice that I've... There hasn't been a moment where I haven't turned to that understanding that there is nothing that comes from love. Mm -hmm. There is nothing that comes from genuine care mm -hmm. that won't be exactly what you need, mm -hmm. even if it doesn't feel like it's exactly what you need mm -hmm. in that moment. Or if it's exactly what you want in that yeah. moment, it will always be what you need in that moment. Yeah, it's a fact. It's a fact. You see, I got the congregation. Yeah, you see, yeah, that's, that, that's how you I, know. I, saying, I don't know what that. Pa mm, pass the collection plate around real quick. I, that's that's when that the, mm, was a little too loud. That for was me. nah. That was a building that fund. Was, mm -hmm. Yeah, you, that you was bugging a, out. That's when the pastor pull up in a brand new. There was going to be a little throat Hyundai clear with Elantra. that too. So yeah, that, mm, <laughs> no, no, oh, we'll talk about that after. <laughs> but yo, sincerely, bro, thank you, thank you, brother, thank you. This was thank this you. was great. Um, fed my soul. Fed, fed, fed my heart. I appreciate and you. I appreciate you providing and and the room for this conversation and having yeah. this conversation with me. It's yeah. you know not things that I've thought to tap into, mm -hmm. and you know certainly didn't anticipate crying the yeah. whole way home. <laughs> but here we are. So uh, well, you are the first person to cry. Oh, so. I appreciate that. Thankfully, I got gym clothes in the car, so <laughs> I can just dry my eyes. Yeah, you you're wearing I, black. You good? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Um, but no, man, truly, thank, thank you. you. And I'm proud of you. Family, thank you. Always. Appreciate you. Always. Yes, sir. All right. Another episode in the books. Thank you all for watching. Um, be sure to subscribe on all channels, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, Handcrafted Pod. See you guys next time. This is where we do like a swipe up. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what